These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so mm -hmm. they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. Sometimes you need somebody to just give you permission. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. People just want to know that they're, they just want to know that they're safe to talk and share these things. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to this episode of Open Journal. I hope you're well. I hope things are good with you right now. I'm delighted to say that in this episode we're joined by a brand new guest. Chantelle is with us today to talk a little bit about her experiences and mind freedom. Throughout our conversation we talk about some of the work that mind freedom doing and kind of the three aspects of their mental health hub. Um, but just after we finish recording, uh, there is kind of a mini rebrand happening with Mind Freedom. So there might be a slight name change or some other things happening. So definitely recommend using the links that we have in the show notes that will take you through to the, the current or the most up-to-date uh, website and social media pages if you want to find out a little bit more about the work that Mind Freedom are doing. I think this was another really interesting conversation to hear Chantelle's insights and experience and how the work that can be done with community groups and individuals can lead into services as well. So a really great conversation. A massive thank you to Chantelle for coming along and for sharing her insights and experience today. As always, I hope you enjoy this episode. And if it prompts you to feel like you want to leave a review, maybe, who knows? Um, please do leave uh, a review on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help other people discover the podcast. And so the conversations and signposting that happens here. Also, if you enjoy this episode and you think maybe I could come on in the future, there is information on the website. If you go to openjournalbc.com, uh, there's a be a guest page uh, and a little bit of information about kind of the things to think about if you'd like to be a guest in the future. I really hope you enjoy this episode. And again, thank you for supporting the podcast and a massive thank you to Chantelle and Mind Freedom for the information they've shared today. Hope you enjoy our conversation. Chantelle, it's lovely to sit down and have the chance to chat with you this evening. Um, kind of before we get into things, like just how is your week going? Yeah, well, thank you for inviting me on. Um, happy about that to be there. So um, my week so far, I mean, we're in the early stage of the week. So um, yeah, it's going well, to be fair. Everything's okay. Um, no hiccups or any emergencies. <laughs> I've been able to stay in flow, so no complaints. Oh, amazing. Always like that. Nice positive start to the week is good. Um, it feels like we're getting to that stage now where like the seasons are changing and I feel like we're on the edge of um, just it. It's going to instantly be winter, isn't it? I, I feel like there's not going to be an autumn. <laughs> winter is coming it's definitely <laughs> yeah. changed we had the summer kind of dangle all 
the way into September, even October. And then, yeah, now I feel like um, winter's going to come with a vengeance. I know, I know. We'll cross our fingers for a nice positive transition season. Um, I know we started talking quite a while ago now. I think it was back in June or July about some of the things that are coming up. We're going to talk a little bit about um, uh, Mind Freedom in a moment. But it'd be really interesting just to hear a little bit about yourself. Maybe some people know you or the things that we're going to talk about, but maybe some haven't heard um, of this work before. So it'd be really interesting just to hear a bit about kind of yourself first. Yeah, so um, my background is actually in HR. Um, so I've got a business degree, but I specialise in HR and I've kind of transitioned over the last few years into operations. But one of the common themes, I would say, of all the work that I've done throughout my career up until now is it's always been really focused around helping people. Um, it used to be a lot of young people that I used to help them through mentoring. I work for a teenage pregnancy prevention charity. Um, and then I moved into like a coaching company and that kind of led to me meeting two partners and kind of having a discussion. And now we've moved on to kind of building Mind Freedom, which is a mental health hub. That the idea is to support individuals with challenges such as depression, anxiety. Um, I would say um, mild to medium mental health challenges. Um, and our sessions are all online. Um, so that makes it convenient. But yeah, I suppose for me, I really wanted to do something that could have an impact. That sounds really interesting. And a couple of things you've skimmed over really quickly that would be cool to, to have a look at and, and to talk about. I think you talk about some of your different work experience as well in very different kind of community settings. Um, and probably seeing the impact of different lives and different lived experiences that people have had and how that I imagine that's probably fed into the work you're doing now or kind of around mental health and well-being but what yeah, was definitely. that experience like kind of being in those different settings and what did that bring to you? So it probably better to start with kind of where I grew up so I grew up in I would say urban London um, so I would say it's very, there's a lot of people in the area. Um, you see a lot of different types of people, people with different types of challenges, a lot of people who are neurodiverse um, or facing a lot of disadvantage. Um, and I was fortunate enough to go to private school, um, but I still lived in those areas. So I suppose for me, I had the advantage of being able to access education, but I definitely saw that a lot of people didn't have the opportunities that I had. And I didn't take it as, you know, people are lazy or people don't want to kind of work hard or do stuff. Mm. That, you know, that for me, I kind of saw it as they don't have the support that they need or they don't have opportunities around them. And I think that kind of led me to kind of move into doing work that, you know, is more about social um, rather than just about the money. I mean, we all need money, right? We've got to pay our bills. But mm. for me, it was more like I want to do work that makes me feel inspired or makes me feel like I'm making a difference. It's so interesting here you talk through because I feel like increasingly that comes across. Like at the moment, there's so many difficulties around um, just like living expenses for people um, that kind of finance comes up so much and yet 
you still see so many people kind of involved in roles that are focusing on like just bringing that support to people in the most accessible way possible and in the past you would have been thinking about how to reach as many people as possible and that's like how do we make mm. this like as accessible as possible if some people decide it's not for them that's cool but we need to make sure that it's accessible to people that maybe we wouldn't have been focusing on in the past I don't know if that's true to say yeah I agree with that I definitely think that you know um opportunities are not available to everyone and especially when you live in the UK you assume that what you experience other people experience too um and then you know on top of that I mean we have to talk about mental health challenges right like we all have those it doesn't matter what's kind of going on in your life anything can trigger that for you whether that be you know stress at work you know some people are really focused on money but that can also be a trigger because you know you're doing a job that is high paid you've got a lot of expenses or a lifestyle to maintain but you don't like the job it's high pressure right high pressure um and at the same time somehow in the middle of all of that you're not taking care of yourself because you don't have time to and before you know it you know people have breakdowns um you know you suddenly wake up one day and you're just like i can't i can't even get out of my bed it's so difficult like you say sometimes there are areas that we think oh this is where the focus needs to be and and you mm-hmm. can you can miss not just individuals but whole communities and groups of people that either need that support like immediately or are going to need it quite soon and then I think often that's where we see kind of some of the situations we get into where there's a a massive need for support because areas or communities have just been just been left and not supported at all and it's like oh what how why are there so many people in crisis well Mm -hmm. because they've gradually got here over the last few years and just there's been a lack of support or opportunity for them to engage in services um so hearing about some of the work you're you you have been doing and are doing to try and make that as accessible as possible and really engage those different communities as well sounds like it comes with uh, a real sense of personal achievement as well as seeing like the benefit it, it brings to those communities yeah for sure I mean um one of the key things for me with mind freedom was that I wanted to set up a service that was precisely that accessible to as many people as possible so that's why we have like a tier kind of structure in terms of pricing but I also wanted it to be accessible for therapists and coaches so you know newly qualified therapists who are struggling to get hours and you know they really want to do some work it's like well you know come and work with us and we'll still pay you Um, and therefore that's kind of you know you get perfect match in terms of people who can't necessarily afford the higher end of the service, there's still options available for them as well. Mm. Um, because ultimately, I mean, I know you can access mental health support on the NHS, but especially since COVID, the NHS is very overrun. Um, they don't have um, as much support as they would like to, and they're not able to support individuals as much as they would like to. And for some people, they don't want to go through that process of having to go to the doctors and talk to the doctor about everything and then be referred to another service and then speak to that person and then eventually get through to a therapist or a counsellor. The idea is that with our service, it, although it is a paid service, you are fast-tracked so that you do get, you know, you're not waiting six to eight weeks to be seen because the truth is when you have a mental health crisis you need to be seen today you don't need to be seen in three or four weeks 
Um, so yeah, it's really interesting. You started to mention then as well the the mindset of thinking about the the coaches, the therapists, the counsellors that you're working with as well, and trying to provide an opportunity for them, I guess, to build up skills, experience, and get involved and have paid work kind of now as well. Um, yeah. When did that become kind of part of your thinking? Because often I think people talk about the the people that are going to use the service and the benefit mm. of them. Um, but kind of how did that come into your your thinking for for mind freedom well to be honest I did first just look at you know kind of like a normal model but then I started to kind of pick out all right well what makes this model unique what could be different about it and also being able I think it stemmed from looking at the clients and focusing on the clients because trying to serve a wide community um, and setting up a business in a time when you know, a lot of people are struggling financially and to some degree struggling financially is going to increase stress and other disorders and therefore increase uh, mental health as well. So I thought, okay, well, how are we going to be able to access communities? Because a fully qualified therapist who has been working for 25 years, how do I get them to work at a quarter of their rate or half of their rate, they're not necessarily going to be willing to do that. And the alternative would be to do it in a charity sort of model. But there are quite a few charities out there already kind of doing in that way. Um, so yeah, that kind of helped formulate, I should say, the way that I decided to start thinking about it and, you know, kind of having these different models. And we are a new company. We've only officially launched in September. So who knows what the future holds and kind of the way that things will change and mold but I would like to kind of stick with that and see how um, you know we can really help people. It's that exciting time as well isn't it like you say there's there's those things that happen when you're new and you're kind of working out um, this is a good idea I, I know it's going to work but there are bits about it that could change and evolve over that kind of first I guess few months or year mm. um, as people get involved and I know increasingly you're you're building those resources up I think you you mentioned before like the website is new website you've got mm -hmm. social media running and things like that like how has that journey been as well because obviously that's not the it's not always the core part of the thing we we are focused on we're focused on the service but you've got to let people know that's there and engage them and mm -hmm. make sure that it's it feels accessible to them as well no for sure I mean just generally talking about the challenge of running any business or starting a business um, you know, you've got limited resources and you're trying to do everything. So you're the marketer and you're the salesperson and you're the recruiter and you've got to write all the policies and, you know, all the ideas have got to come from you. So it's been an intense early phase, um, to say the least, um, you know, doing a lot of research, reaching out to bloggers and podcasts and things like that, just to try and get a bit of exposure. But I suppose because I have a business background, business excites me. So personally, those things have been quite exciting. Um, I like the variance to be able to move into different headspaces and not constantly have to be kind of focused on one area. And at the moment, as we are growing, you know, clients are slowly coming in. So that's something that will build over time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see it grow and um, the journey ahead, to be honest. And yeah, it's been... I get some good days and some bad days and I'm like why am I doing this everybody has that with anything in life 
Um, but you know, that's why for me it's important to do work that means something to you because you know when you do have rougher days it's easier to kind of pull yourself up because you've got a kind of higher thing that you're working towards for sure yeah thank you for sharing that. i think it's it's seeing those journeys as well isn't it and how services and, and kind of projects can build and grow through that learned experience like not mm. every service needs to look exactly the same i guess you probably don't want every service to look the same um and i think um at the start of our conversation you mentioned like that experience of working with people that are neurodiverse as well like they're going to have a necessity for the service to be accessible to them sometimes mm -hmm. there are those differences that what works for one person actively doesn't work for another and that can be a learning process as well can't it of, of making it accessible for one person is going to be different to the other yeah i think as well i when you start a business a lot of people concentrate on being really niche really quickly I think the first year of business as much as you're open and you're running the truth is is it's a giant experiment and what I mean by that is you don't know what will work um, especially if you want to try new things and you want to be unique so it's like throwing lots of mud at the wall and hoping something will stick so the idea is that at the moment we've got quite a wide range of services and we're quite accessible to I would say like anybody but I think that as time progresses then clients start coming through we'll be able to use that data to then kind of niche down and focus on you know okay if the majority of our clients are neurodiverse then we can put a lot more focus into making sure that okay is the platform we're using accessible um, is it you know at the moment we do uh, video um, sessions maybe they want to just do phone call sessions or mm. you know loads of other things that could come into play um, in terms of how we reach people um, how we communicate with people um, and stuff like that this is really interesting I think it's that's like you say the bit that's really exciting and interesting and feels like lots of opportunities but also lots of work <laughs> to, mm -hmm. to do that <laughs> and to do that um, and to do it well and to learn from the people that are engaging but also maybe the people that are on the periphery as well that are like you say listening to those podcasts reading those blog posts kind of hearing about the stuff you're doing but maybe not necessarily at the stage where they're using the service um mm. and kind of having them i guess in a way act as an advocate but also just being part of kind of your your kind of i guess your own digital community if that makes sense yeah no for sure i think you know, one of the things through my own kind of work experience journey that I've learned is, you know, if you can engage as many stakeholders as possible, then you can get as many different opinions and views. And if you approach things with a growth mindset, that then it enables you to absorb feedback and grow quicker and make changes quicker and expand your business quicker and kind of, you know, in our case, reach as many people as possible, as quickly as possible. Um, fell quickly. <laughs> That's my motto. <laughs> fell quickly. Try as many things as possible. Fell quickly, and then you know what works and what doesn't work. Um, but I think if you've got a real drive behind it, and you're, you know, you're honest, um, you're transparent with your service, you genuinely really want to help people. Mm. I think people pick up on that. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's in the little details. You know, customer service experience when people call up, how you engage with them, the tone of your emails, all of those things. You know, for me, I've. I'm I'm mindful of this the end user the end user regardless of who they are and what background they've come from they are coming to us because they are currently 
either in crisis or they're really struggling. Mm. So the communication's extremely important because it's not like, oh, I'm selling you a pair of shoes that you've come to buy. I'm, you know, I'm I'm talking to you about something that's deeply personal that you've probably gone on a journey to even get here. You know, I've I've had a few client calls and, you know, you hear some of people's journeys just to even get to this place. And even when they're coming, they're already at that kind of defeated mindset of this is my last hope or I've tried lots of things. I don't even know if this will work. Um, you know, you want to give them hope. You want to give them that light and you want to make them feel that, you know, what you can get through this. And that's why kind of like a lot of the mottos and things I put out is about the journey and us supporting the journey because, you know, kind of the mental wellness is a journey. It's not a destination. You're not, it's not about trying to access a service and then I'm fixed and that's me. I'm great for the rest of my life. You know, you may feel great for years and years and years and then you suddenly have about, of, of depression again or you know you start getting anxiety um, attacks and panic attacks or you know something traumatic happens to you and that completely sets you off so um you know um I, as bt said everybody needs to talk right it's good to talk yeah <laughs> it's, <I> think... <laughs> it's it's that idea isn't it of like what does recovery look like to people and what are their expectations of services and that in itself is a journey of hearing that engaging where you place yourself I guess because mm. I've heard so many things of um like different services you get negative feedback and you sort of from some of the conversations I've had often it comes back to like the expectation didn't match what the service actually was the service mm. was was between good and really good but because it didn't match the expectation, that person's left with a negative experience, mm-hmm. um, which is a shame because it's just that first first or second conversation, that extra little bit of information would have made a massive difference to how they'd like interacted with that service and their, their feeling about it at the end of it, um, I think can make a massive difference. So like you say, that communication, that interaction, that having that, strong rapport um at the beginning is probably so important for a lot of different things but it feels particularly important when we're talking about like you said these personal interactions and interactions and conversations that do have that lasting impact like you say Mm. it can be that things go hopefully positively but they can be up and down afterwards but they are often having that lasting impact and just having that greater understanding and kind of structure at the start of of that interaction makes a huge difference. Yeah, and having the support all the way through. Um, you know, for for me, when people access Mind Freedom, the idea is it's not, oh, you come to us, we match you with somebody, and then, you know, that's it, go on your way. The idea is, you know, there's that personal touch. So it is that we'll find somebody that, can work with your particular challenges that you you want to work mm. on um um you know we've got different pathways so whether it's counseling psychotherapy or coaching or you know in an ideal world i've got like a 360 model where people come through and maybe do counseling psychotherapy and then kind of move on to coaching because you know when you go to counseling you kind of more focus on your past into your present and then coaching is kind of like thinking more about your future rather than holding you to account to help you to embed new habits and positively move forward. Not everybody will have that journey. That's the ideal journey, Matt. But 
the idea is that um, wherever people kind of come in um, in their life, they will interact with somebody that will understand them and help them find the right service that's for them. And mm. if they do have any issues or, you know, some people feel quite or find it quite difficult to approach the person that they're working with directly to say it's not working. So by maybe having us as a third party, so to speak, it's easy to come back to us and be like, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to work with this person or I don't think it's worth working. Can you match me with somebody else? Um, so, you know, kind of trying to work on breaking down the barriers, the barriers as to why people don't access support or, or the things that people find challenging. Um, you know, I'm not an expert on mental health. Um, I've had my own personal experiences um, personally and also interpersonal people close to me as well um, with mental health. And I know it's not a one size fits all, um, but the idea is to it, the more accessible we make it, like I said, the better the language that we use, maybe that will, you know, it make people feel inspired just for a second to be like, do you know what, let me try and do something about this or let me make take some action towards this because I see loads of things on social media that's like mental health awareness, mental health awareness. And I think we're getting the message about mental health awareness, but it's like, well, what's the next step? I don't know, do you know, like, I kind of look at I it do. sometimes, I'm like, okay, we're talking about it, this is great, but how does that translate into your lives is does that now mean that you really are picking up that phone and calling that friend and being like are you okay and when they're like yeah I'm fine and being like no 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 are you really okay you know kind of just not to push people but just really showing genuine concern rather than it just being a little bit false and just oh I'm doing this because I'm trying to tick my good deed box mm, for sure I think um I find the I find like the whole converse, there's a whole conversation around awareness so interesting because I'll always be an advocate for today's the, like the first day someone will reach out or have that mm. oh actually it's okay to talk about this so I still think all of that early first step awareness stuff still is always going to be needed but exactly as you said there are some people that are maybe at a different place or further along in their journey um that feel safer and more confident to do I don't want to say more to do something different to awareness and that's where that being active asking those questions having a conversation with someone talking or sharing like information about services higher level campaigning government for more funding for services like there's lots of different more active things we can do um and I think often that conversation gets thrown into like um are we aware are we not aware is that as if that's the only thing you can do there's loads more you can do like come and volunteer yeah. at something or campaign or or whatever um it doesn't have to be one thing is like the only thing we're all allowed to do there are different stages and, and different parts to that that journey and that experience um and i think that maybe comes across in in a i don't know if this is on purpose in a really nice way with kind of the three different sections you have within the stuff that's happening at mind freedom where it feels like it's not just a i'm struggling this is where i go there's there's different elements there and i think particularly with the mm. coaching it feels like someone could come in and just access that or they go through the journey as you kind of described of actually this is something i guess depending on what your version of a recovery or a journey looks like that you're going to experience for a 
from my point of view, I would say it's a long time, if not a mm. lifetime that you're going to be impacted by. Hopefully you won't be struggling all of that time, but you're, you're feeling effect of it. It sits there. Um, like for my set, like I have lived experience of depression. I've had times when that's been very, very kind of severe and intense, but right now it's just back there. Like every so often you're like, mm. but I think that insight and that way of thinking about particularly illness, but like the positive aspects of mental health as well, like our well-being, talking about how do I um, like if you want to achieve things better or be more productive mm. or, or just be more active, be kind of more happier in yourself. It doesn't always have to be around kind of that crisis side and having that coaching element element, not just feels like, oh, there's coaching here. It makes the whole thing kind of feel a bit more different and engaged and well-rounded if that makes sense yep that's the idea it's yeah. about mental wellness so it's like a, although it's mental health and our primary users that's kind of to be honest I'm kind of using that language because that's the language everybody understands and that's the easiest way to communicate <laughs> but I would prefer to say that it's like about mental wellness because you know you don't have to wait till you're in crisis to get help or to get support you can kind of it's not just kind of trying to get yourself back to zero but how about maybe we try and get a little bit above zero so that you know you're you're feeling like you're thriving not just surviving or just getting by um like i said i you know i think we all go through challenges um the severity of that depends on the individual and how that impacts us depends on the individual but it's being aware of that and not kind of typecasting that mental health looks like this or mental wellness looks like this or as you said the road to recovery looks like this it's having an expectation in terms of you know why you're doing this but not having an expectation in terms of right in six weeks this needs to fix me and all of my troubles will be gone because you really don't know how that journey unfolds and manifests and you know even if I'm being personal my my dad passed away when I was 13 and I must have really internalized that trauma because I I had a rough few years for a long long time and you know for me mental health wasn't evident to anybody because I'm extremely extrovert so I'm not a person that's in my bed sleeping I'm, I'm like one of the people who's always liking the posts on social that say the other side of what people don't expect because I was the one going out binge drinking or you know, doing reckless behavior and those kinds of things. And, you know, I heard the term like slow suicide. I would say that, describe my behavior as being like that. And I'd been therapy before and, it, you know, I wasn't in the right headspace. So my attitude was very much, it didn't work. But then maybe in my like mid twenties, I started to go to therapy again. And I was actually ended up being in therapy for nine months. And um, so much came out that I wouldn't have even known if I didn't go to therapy, put it that way. I, mm. The questions that were asked of me, just everything. Like, I think from then on, I was like, pro-therapy, like the Americans, like, this is wonderful. <laughs> and it's not to say again that I was fixed, but I went for such a long time that I really, and I, you know, I was really engaged and I really wanted to figure out the root of what was kind of happening for me. And a lot of it was stemming back from that trauma when my dad passed and kind of the impact and everything that happened. And, you know, it was challenging for me because it wasn't like I wasn't achieving, you know, I've got a first class degree, you know, I, you know, I was in a 
a relationship which most young people haven't had a serious relationship I had two children like I was building a life I kind of achieved more than the average person in those types of things at that point but deep down inside I felt deeply saddened and every now and again these kind of things would come out like behaviors that would be like okay what's kind of going on there so and I actually went coaching first and it was through going coaching that I got oh, to a block okay. and I realized that my coach actually said maybe you need to go therapy because you're not able to move past and kind of you know build your life from this point so you know I think that's where you know long story short my freedom kind of comes in all these years later because it's actually when I look at my own journey and path it's like this really worked for me and you know if we're a service that offers both somebody might come in and do coaching they might need therapy but they might do three or four sessions of coaching because they might need to see some positive change before they're ready to face the pain that they're going through um, and that's very real so you know I think having these types of conversations real conversations about um, kind of mental wellness and the road to recovery or you know just managing some mental illnesses just more than necessary yeah for sure and it, thank you for sharing that I think that different journeys like you say of, of that the entry point can be really different for people and that in itself does that make it more accessible do people sometimes I feel like particularly sometimes with people that are extrovert and sometimes males as well is they're driven by certain like social expectations to to do things and going to therapy or counseling or something is not what they're going to but coaching or um something that feels like it is productive or mm -hmm. there's quite a fixed like i am i don't know developing my productivity or whatever that feels like it's it's easier sometimes for someone to go into um or is more attractive i think maybe that's better the better language mm. it's more attractive for them to both go to that and maybe to talk about going to coaching like, oh i'm going to co i'm developing this skill set and like you say through that experience does it kind of uncover or allow them that space to start to experience or open up some of those things that reveal enough to show actually there's a benefit to having a bit more of this that's not quite what we're doing in coaching we're talking about this and that's part of it but maybe it's also useful for you to alongside this have a chat with someone else and go into this and that will help this thing that we're also doing so it kind of has that different approach and um i think sometimes that's undersold as well isn't it of like again it's that idea that you have to look like this sad person crying out the window and that that's the yeah. person that's going to counseling and the person that's out having a social life and you know doing things and that's not the person that needs our support or is in need of kind of therapy or counseling it's like yeah that person is also in need of it um uh, yeah. but also there's something that needs to go alongside that to allow them to have the space to maybe discover even to just discover it for themselves as well yeah i agree I, and i think these conversations like this conversation we're having is important and if people can have these types of conversations with their friends kind of like ahead of time like as a general mm. discussion because it's about understanding each other because you know like you said if somebody if you just kind of put it in a package in the box and say mental health looks like this you only see it if it looks like that mm. whereas if you more focus on understanding the individuals that are around you 
family and friends and colleagues and knowing them, then it's being able to recognize when their behavior is out of character. That is ultimately the sign. So if they are a person that is relaxed and chilled all the time, then you know you're not necessarily going to think that you know that there's anything wrong but if this person is always active and out and about and stuff and then suddenly they're slumped then okay fair enough or if this person is kind of usually responsible and stuff and then all of a sudden they're like every day after work let's go for drinks let's go for drinks you should be triggered to think okay what's going on what what, what are you going through right now you know and I think it's difficult to have those conversations because people are not real I'll be honest. I'm. I'm. I know. I am a very real individual, <laughs> and I say that I'm like Marmite. People either love me or hate me. They see me as a breath of fresh air because I'm not going to talk any nonsense. I'm going to say it how it is, um, in the most compassionate and loving way that I can. But I'm going to be as direct about it as I can too, so that we can really try and solve the problem. Mm. Um, in that in that way but some people don't like that because they're used to things being kind of sugar-coated and mm. plumped up but you know if somebody's in a serious mental health crisis you might not have the time to sugarcoat and plump something up because you know they they need that support today they don't they don't have tomorrow for sure and it's like you said it's, it's having those different approaches for people as well and what what's necessary and sometimes again flashing back to our neurodivergent chat at the beginning sometimes a lot of that is is lost that the directness is sometimes needed for for different um experiences or conditions that people might have they might need that focus to be quite clearly put at the front i am asking Mm. you about this or um how do you feel about this rather than kind of skirting around subjects doesn't work for everyone they have not picked up on that social cue that you think you've given that maybe you've given in a really really light way because you also are a bit apprehensive about having that conversation with someone um I think can be yeah really tricky for a lot of people you need that I think permission is often the thing I hear as well like Mm -hmm. you need that permission to have this conversation like if I ask you how you're doing and I'm walking, and I have to, I'm still guilty of this. It still happens probably every week where you'll ask someone, like, oh, how are you doing? You're walking towards each other or you're both doing separate things. And the other person says, yeah, I'm fine. How are you? And you, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Like, was that a conversation? Did you really ask how they were? Did you really give them the opportunity to? Um, it's that crossover of like, it's in between a greeting and just a nothing. Um, and I think that on its own, not a huge deal the problem is is that you think you've asked and I think that's the bit that's the issue often like when we talk about like low mood with depression and other things the depression in itself and the low mood I think like we are all going to experience times when actually not just it's natural but we need to be sad the issue becomes like the spiral the feed on it's the being sad about being sad or the being worried about being sad it's that that spiral that you get into Mm. and I think it's the same with conversations not the end of the world that some conversations don't work or don't happen what can become a really negative thing is when you think you've had a real conversation and you haven't you haven't yeah. actually given that person the opportunity or the space to open up to you they can always say no and not want to you might not be the person for them but have you actually given them the space to do that and i think kind of when you're saying that it's bringing to mind for me like kind of workplaces 
because in particular I think that's the space where you know mental health is gonna come out but how are employers equipped or HR departments equipped to kind of manage that and deal with that and how comfortable do individuals feel to talk to somebody or to talk to HR or their manager and really explain what's happening for them or even if they don't know just kind of I'm feeling this way at the moment just being open about how they feel I mean the workplace doesn't have space for feelings often time that's the truth and it's just kind of get on with it but then it's also people's fear around being stigmatized or around you know it not being confidential and getting out or um you know you're not going to be able to be up for that promotion that's in the workplace or all of these other things that come into play so i i think that again it's back to having these conversations and the more we have them and the more we are real and open with each other just generally and all the different people you interact with the easier it will be to just speak about these things whether it's because you want to talk to somebody and you don't feel comfortable or whether it's because you're noticing something in someone else and you need to ask them some questions for sure and i think like you said conversations like this like lovely people are listening to this but also go away and like have your own conversations chat to you know, friends, family, colleagues, whoever you feel comfortable with and and start that conversation. It might be because you're struggling or you think someone else is or could just be because it's Thursday. It really doesn't matter. I think so often we wait for that indicator, don't we? We wait to see something before we ask someone, but actually just checking in and, and having that space, creating that environment can be really powerful and having the opportunity to, if you do know about different services or or things that are running that you can mention in in conversation so it isn't just left to well I think you're really struggling maybe maybe here's a list of places to go actually it's part of your everyday conversation oh I heard this podcast or I saw this thing pop up on social media um it starts to bring those kind of services and campaigns into your everyday conversation it makes the conversation so much easier and more accessible if it happens to get to a stage where someone does need that kind of support or intervention yeah I guess... don't be weird about it mm. <laughs> because that, don't be weird about it don't be like oh you know I, I read this profile <laughs> and it said that you know this is the symptoms of somebody who's got personality disorder and I think that might be you don't don't be weird about it like just like have a conversation about how are you doing how's your family how's work going you know I noticed this I noticed you've mm. had a lot of work on how you've been finding that you know do you need some support and it doesn't have to be a direct conversation about mental health but it's about checking in on people's mental well-being because if your mental well-being is not right your physical is not right your, your your soul doesn't feel right your interactions with other people are not right and you know for all the interactions that we all have every day with so many different people and to think that some of these people are suffering and you've interacted with 20 people today and not one of those people have any idea what you're going through Mm. and you actually need support or you really need to talk to somebody that is the 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 shame in it for me and that's the thing where I feel like that's what we need to work on those active like you said being active having active Mm. conversations really getting involved rather than being like "Mm," like you said thinking you had the conversation but you didn't really (laughs) really. have the conversation because it's a difficult conversation but the more you practice just like with anything else the easier it becomes so rather than avoid it and just think oh gosh Mm. it's not important because it's not important until it is important and then you know that might be too late and you don't don't want that Mm. on your shoulders and or it might be you suffering and you wish somebody came and helped you or supported you so yeah we're not in this alone 
for sure and yeah thank you for for sharing that and for everything you've kind of mentioned and shared through our conversation today um hopefully people have enjoyed listening to to our conversation and hopefully it's prompt some future conversations as well if people do want to find out a little bit more about um yourself and wine freedom and the things that are going on where's the best places for them to to go and to find out yeah sure so we've got our website up which is a www.mindfreedom and mindfreedom is spelled m-i-n-d-f-r-e-e-d-o-m.co.uk our social handles are at mindfreedom and we are currently on linkedin instagram and facebook or you can just email us at info at mindfreedom.co.uk amazing thank you so much for coming on Chantal and sharing everything you shared um, about yourself but also my freedom as well and hopefully we've prompted lots of future conversations oh thank you too thank you for having me these are real people they do have struggles and it starts to get on my nerves i just shut down so many people suffer from mental illness to get the word out that men have got to start talking a lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. Sometimes you need somebody to just give you permission. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. People just want to know that this, they just want to know that they're safe to talk and share these things. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it.